Yo, Eagles Nation, stand up. Yo, how'd Barkley put it? <laughs> Looking like another grease pole night in Philly. 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 Facts. Yo, fucking A. It is Victory Monday. It's been a while. Been a while, ladies and gentlemen. A long time. Several months. About the length of a pregnancy since we've experienced a Victory Monday. And uh, what, a, what a great feeling it is, I guess, to be in first place with a hockey record. Welcome to episode 24, the Darius Slay edition of the Grease Paul Podcast. Appreciate you taking part. As always, you can follow along on Instagram at Grease Paul Podcast. All episodes are available on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Search Grease Paul Podcast. Subscribe, rate, and review. Give it five stars if that's what you feel. Give it one stars if you think it sucks. Any feedback's better than none. Spread the word. Thank you very much. Uh, wow. What a, what a, it's always fun when you go to work and you know, people are, people are, that's what football season is, right? You know, you go to work and if your team loses, you kind of want to use a sick day because you don't want to get heckled by people. You don't want to be around anyway. And you wouldn't be around in any other circumstance if you weren't both trying to pay your bills, you know, but there's a couple other Eagles fans in the, the building where I work, which is a huge building on a Naval base. So I'm not the only one. And, uh, you know, it, <laughs> You happen to cross paths, two ships passing in the night with somebody as they're going to the bathroom and you're walking back to wherever the fuck you're going and, you know, you just, somebody shoots your finger guns, hey, first place, and, you know, it's like you act like you just, you know, you like, like we just solved COVID. It's gone now because we have, you know, we're in first place basically by fucking default because nobody else wants to win the division. I don't even know that we do at this point, but we're first place. For now, anyway, as a placeholder, hopefully not, but who knows? A lot of football left to be played. Justin, I want to throw it to you because we uh we rocked the we rocked the white on whites last night. So <laughs> you know how I feel about about the white on whites. Not a big fan. Not a whole lot, man. I think there's very few teams that can pull it off in the NFL. We're fucking not one of them. We are not <laughs> one of them. I thought going somewhere else with that. <laughs> <laughs> I seriously did. So I think I like I think the Colts had white on white yesterday. It works for them. Did you see Philip Rivers jacking with the the D? <laughs> I, Appar- like, I like it. He called him. I love Philip Rivers because. It's really difficult to talk shit if you're not going to swear. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't swear. I don't know if it's because he has nine kids and he's going to be mic'd up Maybe. and he doesn't, you know, <laughs> I don't want a bad example, but he called Roquan Smith linebacker for the Bears. He called him a fatty. <laughs> like how, and it, that doesn't work for anybody but Philip Rivers, <laughs> but because he's hick country guy mm-hmm. with all these children, like it, it works. NC State. NC State, dude. That'll Wolfpack that'll represent. Oh, 100%. That'll come up eventually. A lot of college gear discussion off uh-huh. the air before uh, before before this went live. 
kids. 30 minutes of conversation <laughs> before 30 <laughs> minutes of conversation <laughs> before an hour of conversation. Right, exactly. <laughs> Fucking marathons as always. But, oh, boy. But we love it. So I don't know what your take is, man, on our white on white. Um, and I don't want to give away too much because we do in the future have fave teams, fave gear coming to the people on the Gear Freaks pod. Mm-hmm. But um, I'm pretty sure, and I don't want to give away too much with this take either, but I uh, I think I'm ready for a jersey switch for the birds, man. Oh, really? I do. And it might just be because the white on whites happened last night, and I just I get them out of here, always <laughs> get them out of here. They look, At night, our helmets looked black once the sun went down in the Bay oh, Area. And it's like- A little too much. What are we, Chicago, man? No, right? The fuck is going on? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Make Pick a lane, dude. <laughs> So, what do we have coming to the kids on Gear Freaks tomorrow? Tomorrow, actually, like uh, we were talking about this beforehand, and I was wrong. It's not the CFL. Uh, it's actually WNBA. Women, ladies, what's up? Yeah. like uh, First of all, I think you'll enjoy the episode. Yes. If, if you take the time to, to listen to it. Because uh, Corey and I actually, again, and you point this out in the episode, but how often do you get to pick a new team right at this point in your life yeah man i mean we've like got fresh. yeah we've got our allegiances we flew into the wnba episode completely blind no allegiances whatsoever and we came into it and went okay at the end we have to pick a team yeah and no spoilers for the people but it was uh it was fun it was fun man the way it worked out i will also say this i did not see the team that got chosen for each of us coming at all same same. I never would have guessed it. Neither would I, man. I I thought, I thought another direction would have happened, but definitely, definitely an upset because, you know, not knowing a whole lot about the WNBA, you go in and you kind of it. It's fucked up the profile in this time, this day and age. <laughs> but I think when you don't have an allegiance like we didn't at the time, you kind of look at the names and you know the names of the franchises mm-hmm. and the cities where they play, and you kind of have a a preconceived notion maybe yeah. you know and i i definitely thought that the one that would have got chosen i think we both knocked out pretty early which was shocking to me yeah very shocking yeah because yeah and then there's another team that basically bites another team in the league that really irked yes me. <laughs> really irked me there is a feud that needs to happen in the WNBA, well, like I'm not for I'm not for women fighting. Although I did see my uh, boo boo is back now on Wednesday nights NXT. Yeah, so last you, night, yep. yeah, dude, your boy might be. Uh, I might have to find something to watch on Wednesday nights now, or I might have found something to watch on Wednesday nights. NXT live. Yeah, because AEW, not not doing that. Yeah, not wasting my time with Jericho and the pockets guy getting thrown into a thrown into a screwdriver. We will. Uh... <laughs> We will tastefully sidestep this because <laughs> right, right. this will go on. Exactly, exactly. I don't wanna I don't wanna run down the, the millionaire Brad of the Jags uh wrestling project too much. But yeah, so WNBA drops tomorrow. Yeah. Uh everywhere you podcast, Gear Freaks podcast, new episodes every Tuesday. You can follow uh Justin and I's pod on Instagram and Twitter at Gear Freaks Pod. I should maybe do a Twitter one time for Grease Pole, man. I'm just not very good at Twitter. I can't get into it. You just the thing with Twitter is you kind of have to always have it at the ready, right? And just go. Here's the thing. Yeah, it so. just it. 
I know it, I'm not slighting you by saying this because I know you're you're I'm a Twitter good, guy. You're good at Twitter. Well, but it it seems like collectively, if I can just roll everybody together in a ball, <laughs> Twitter people seem like maintenance man. It seems very needy. I get it. Yeah, I get what you're saying. Um, but you can find a lane and stay in it. Okay. And kind of avoid some of that. Avoid the outside noise. Yeah, that's kind of what I do. Like I, I, I found a nice little lane of Liv Morgan stuff and my friends. Always nice. If you're gonna find a lane, Liv Morgan's not a bad one to find, dude. Right. You know, it could be. I mean, it it could be a lot. There's a lot worse lanes to find out there. <laughs> A lot, several. Just look at any comment section on any post in social media, anywhere, and you will see the the bullshit lanes there are to choose from. So uh, check out Gear Freaks Pod WNBA episode is dropping tomorrow. Check it out. Subscribe, rate, and review to that as well. Also, word of mouth uh, there as well would be appreciated. So we're in first place, kids. Yay for the tie that happened last week. Um, it's very, you know, it... It's funny, man, because after it, it, look, I'm not the only one that sat here a week ago and 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 crucified Dougie P, you know, for playing for the tie and and everything else. But it it was so funny, man, because after that last week, and then he comes out in the press conference the day after one and says, "Man, I kind of do wish I would have been more aggressive," so on and so forth. And uh, he apparently he wasn't full of shit, which a lot of press conferences are just regurgitating 101 speak, coach speak anyway, or player speak. That's basically all it is, is everybody in CYA mode. But it comes out last night, and immediately out of the gate, we're going for two. After after the first touchdown, Wentz runs it in from, I believe, 11 or 12 yards out. And uh, Doug Peterson goes, fuck it, we're going for two. The Niners hadn't even scored yet. The score is 6 nothing, and already he's full-blown big balls Doug with his, with his nutsack in the wheelbarrow like Stan's dad from South Park. So here we go. It's okay. You fuckers want to criticize me for not being aggressive enough. I'm, I'm, they're on the table. Here it is. Uh, you know, birds go up eight nothing early. Uh, Brandon Ayuk ends up getting a score for them. Told you that guy's going to be a problem. Love that guy in the draft again. You see what he's able to do, you know, with, with yak yards. Led the nation last year at Arizona State. And there's a reason why, you know, he hurdles over Marcus Epps to get a touchdown. You know, which was oddly and eerily reminiscent of uh, Zeke Elliott doing that a couple years ago to that Sullivan fuck. So, you know, that ends up happening. Birds end up taking the lead back. A couple things I wanted to touch on, though. This Jalen Hurts thing, okay, and this is, this is, before I go completely fanboy on number 11, okay, because if, if, if you, if you, if you jumped off the Carson Wentz bandwagon, you know, Captain Carson here and the rest of us, we don't want your ass back, all right? You can fuck all the way off. So, but if you're going to do this, Jalen, if you're going to do the, hey, let's get Carson out of here, my question is, the same with, who are you going to replace him with? Like, what's an attainable option? You know? Like, of course you would go, oh, you know, get Mahomes or, you know, draft Trevor Lawrence. Look, through three weeks, this had not been a good football team, but I don't think the Birds are worse than the fucking Jets. I don't think they're worse than the Jaguars. This is nowhere near the worst team in the league, okay? And to get Trevor Lawrence, you're going to have to be the worst team in the league, okay? That ain't happening. 
You know, if you want to dip into the North Dakota State, well, again, okay, Trey Lance, you know what I mean? Sure, there's other guys out there, but Trevor Lawrence is the one everybody would fall in love with, and that newsflash kid's not fucking happening. So if you're going to be get rid of Carson Wentz guy, the next, the logical option is the guy that Howie Roseman spent the 53rd overall pick on, Jalen Hurts. And you've seen from the little bit of time he's seen, the little bit of action he's seen so far through four games, I, it, it, look, I don't think Dougie P would come out already and have shown his full hand of what he plans to do or potentially plans to do with number two. I don't. <clears throat> you know, everything's kind of vanilla with him for a reason. That said, like if you're going to use him and throw him out there, put a little variety in there, man. That's all I'm saying. The play calling with him at this point is incredibly predictable. You know, it, it – when you put Jalen Hurts out there at this point, and if you're putting Carson out there as well, to a degree, you're kind of playing with 10 people. You know what I mean? This whole – you put him out there, teams know what you're going to do. You know what I mean? He hasn't thrown the ball once. You know, if if you have to involve him, if you're going to spend that high of a draft pick on a guy and there's going to be pictures circulating all over the internet of Jalen Hurts dropping the pass and Carson grilling him, have – have more of a plan for him than fucking QB sweeps. That's all I'm saying. Be a little creative. You know, don't show everything through four, through four weeks. But just just something. Because you put him in at this point, and it's okay. We know what's coming. Notice, and again, we touched on, you know, briefly earlier, the 12-yard touchdown run, 11-12-yard touchdown run by Carson Wentz. So when one of these run plays, design run, Jalen Hurts is in the game, and Carson Wentz lines up outside, it was great to see Carson Wentz. Most of the time when you put these quarterbacks, when you line them out on the perimeter, you leave them on the field in these situations. Take, for example, New Orleans with Taysom Hill. When they put his fucking ass out there, Drew Brees, basically what he's doing, they line him up outside, split him out. He's going to take one step, two maybe, and just kind of stand there. Not really doing a whole lot. But you put Wentz on the outside in the Jalen Hurts play. And mind you, this particular play, Jalen Hurts, or Carson Wentz was on the weak side of the play. So, I mean, they didn't really have to do a whole lot. But he comes out, and I can't remember the guy's name, number 27 for the Niners, he's a corner, was lined up, you know, opposite Carson. And when the ball snapped, Carson Wentz, looks like he's out there, he's Dallas Goddard, he's George Kittle, he's practicing to be a tight end, he's blocking the hell out of this guy. You know, chopping his feet the whole nine, got it, got his hands on him, inside, you know. Great to see, man. You can see number 27 for the Niners. He was thrown off guard. He didn't expect that from Carson. He probably expected, okay, I can take this play off because I got the guy lined up across from me that's going to be irrelevant in this situation. And you see Carson come out of the gate like that, and you can see the guy number 27 go, oh, shit. I think his last name's Johnson. Can't remember. But to see Wentz block like that, man, that's one of those that's my quarterback moments. You know, as the guy who has planted his flag by 11 side, that is an excuse. He could have taken that playoff to have fucking nobody cares. They all got their eyes on number two anyway. Let me just chill. Carson coming out and doing that, blocking this guy the way he did. Don't watch that play and tell me that this kid does not, does not care, does not want to win. That's that's what a leader does. 
That's what a leader does. What do you do when nobody's looking? Okay, Jalen Hurts, the flashy guys out there that they took, that's supposedly going to take my place at some point or whatever. I can just sit here. Nobody's looking at me. They're all looking at him. And he comes out and, he, you know, he gets his hands on a guy. And you could tell 27 didn't fucking like it. But, hey, it's football, man. Loved seeing that. Loved seeing that out of Carson. Once again, you could see all game long he wanted this. He wanted this, point blank. Point blank. He lines up on a fourth and one, and he audibles. Everybody knows, okay, quarterback sneak. You can see the Niners' defensive line kind of jam up in the middle, right, because they're they're going to shoot, you know, shoot the interior defense, the offensive line, try to keep Carson Wentz from getting the first down on a quarterback sneak, which is the assumed play there on a fourth and one because Carson Wentz is so good with his size, with his height at getting a first down on these fourth and short situations with a quarterback sneak. So he lines up on a fourth and one. Obvious quarterback sneak. He audibles out of the original formation, gets in the shotgun now. Receivers start moving around. There's confusion from San Francisco's side. Now he audibles again, goes under center, snaps the ball, gets the first down. So there's all this confusion. If you're San Francisco, all these moving parts, what the fuck is he doing? Sets up like he's going to quarterback sneak. Audible's out of it. Shotgun. I'm going to spread you out a little bit. Now I'm going to get up under Jason Kelsey, and I'm going to have him snap it now, and I'm getting this first down. And that's what he did. Again, putting the team on his back. Putting the team on his back. That's what you want to see. Lane Johnson on another play I noticed. It was a third and one situation uh, in the second half. Lane Johnson at right tackles pulling on a third and one. You don't see, it's very creative, you don't see a right tackle, you don't see a tackle, period, right or left. Pull very often. That's a guard's responsibility. That's what a guard typically does. So you get Lane Johnson who pulls from the backside. It was really smart when you think about it. He pulls, he creates just enough space for Miles Sanders to be able to uh, to move the change, get a fresh set of downs. And I think that was the drive where Jake Elliott ended up getting a field goal to bring it within three. I will say one thing about Jim Schwartz here. And, again, we've, we've touched on this in the past with him. And the difference between Robert Sala, the Niners defensive coordinator, and Jim Schwartz, okay? Sala all night for San Francisco is doing everything he can to neutralize Zach Ertz, everything. I think Zach Ertz finished with, like, four catches for nine yards, Basically held him irrelevant. I could be wrong there. But Ertz did not make a ton of noise at all. Meanwhile, you got George Kittle just carving up the Birds' defense. Zero adjustments are made by Schwartzy. None whatsoever. None whatsoever. We're just going to stay in zone the whole time <laughs> because that's what we do. No adjustments because, you know, it's not the NFL or anything. So, you know, again, you – you need to see – you like to see a, any coach, offensively or defensively, adapt to the game. Schwartz is just he's very, very stuck in his ways. Live by the sword, die by the sword. That's what he does. And it's great when it works. But it's frustrating when you see, you know, Zach Ertz, our tight end, and triple coverage. Now, it didn't hurt that, again, all the injuries. So, he's the best weapon out there. No Goddard. You know, so it's easy to kind of double and triple 86, you know. 
I just don't it, – it, it, it's one of those things that makes you scratch your head as you're watching the game. You know, back to the Jalen Hurts situation, when you – when we're at the end, it's at the end of the game and you're trying to drive down, okay? The Eagles were down uh, – the, the birds were down 14 to 11 to San Francisco trying to drive down the field, win the game, or take the lead. And you've got Jalen Hurts on the field. Why the fuck is Jalen Hurts on the field in this situation? This isn't the guy I get you spent a high draft pick on him higher than you should have. This is not the guy that you're paying $33 million a year. It's not. You live with Wentz, you die by Wentz. And he showed you all game long, 11, put this team on his back, and they're not in this position without him doing that, without him making the plays he has with his legs throughout the course of the game. (coughs) So to put Jalen Hurts out there when you're trying to drive down in the fourth quarter and and take the lead in crunch time, you know, is idiotic. So he fumbles a snap. It's a loss of yardage again. You know, on his part, it's two fumbles now in two weeks by Jalen Hurts. I just don't understand that thought process. If you want to put him out there, man, if it's it's you know the first quarter and we're sitting here in a you know a three to nothing game or whatever the case may be, and you want to put him out there on a second and four, whatever. I mean, I'm not going to like it. I'm going to cuss your ass out sitting in my chair watching the game, but it, that's an acceptable time to do it. When you're trying to win the game, it's not. It's not. It's idiotic. It's shooting yourself. It's Plaxico Burris. You're shooting yourself in the foot for no damn reason. Absolutely stupid. But the next play, Wentz comes back in under center, as he should be, and he throws a rope to Travis Fulgham, ODU alum, local guy here, 757, 42-yard touchdown, and it's – Watching that play, man, it was it was. It, it, let's be honest, the first half of this game was sloppy, even even parts of the third quarter. But this game came alive in the first fourth quarter. You know what I mean? The rest of the team you stepped up. Carson Wentz had brought it all night. He bring he drops that ball, beautiful pass to Fulgham, drops it right in. Fulgham does a tremendous job of staying in bounds, maintaining possession, gives the Birds a lead, eighteen to fourteen. And this is a guy. <clears throat> and Fulgham that had just we just signed him off, I believe, uh the the Packers practice squad, I believe it was. He'd been drafted by Detroit, I think, last year. They caught him, he was on Green Bay's practice squad. He just got activated on Saturday. Twenty four hours prior to this game. And here he is making a huge catch. What would end up being, you know, the it, it, it didn't end up sealing the game, but it at that point it was like, okay, here we go. The way the defense had been playing, you felt better. Now we got the lead at this point in the game. It feels good. So it was nice to see a guy with that backstory. You know, and again, there's so many guys on this team that you haven't heard of. I mean, last night the, the starting receivers for this team were Greg Ward and John Hightower. You know, and I, I – nothing against those guys. You know, Greg Ward has become almost by default the steady guy on this team because everybody else keeps getting fucking hurt. John Hightower's a rookie, fifth-round pick. So when those are your starting receivers, 
you know, again, it's it's cool. It presents an opportunity for these unlikely heroes in the situation, and you get one in Travis Fogan with that play again. He the athleticism required there to hold on to that ball the way, you know, it was a beautifully thrown pass by Carson. But as he makes the catch, he's kind of you know stumbling over the cornerback. He's he's maintaining possession. He manages to stay in bounds and do like a front flip over the goal line into the end zone touchdown. Love to see it. Love to see it. That made the score, I believe, 18 to 14 birds. So from there, Nick Mullins, the following possession, throws a pick six to uh to Alex Singleton. You know, that was, you know, it, they were deep in their own territory, very deep in their own territory. Alex Singleton jumped the route. It was a little little comeback route uh by Kendrick Bourne out there, a little stop route on the outside. Singleton reads the play. Former CFL guy, Calgary Stampeder, represent. And he makes the play, pick six. Now it's just like that, 25-14 to 14 Eagles. Uh, C.J. Beathard ends up coming in. They bench Mullins after that. Kyle Shanahan does. C.J. Beathard hits Kendrick Bourne the following drive and uh, makes it 25-20. to 20. It has to be a heart attack because it's an Eagles game, so you can't just win by two scores going away. Everything has to be fucking just heart-wrenching as hell. Uh Again, didn't like the play calling by Peterson there on that final drive. I think you have a chance to be aggressive uh, with the two-minute warning ahead. Come out, take a shot. Put, you know, cut their throat. Put your foot on their on their jugular. Put them to bed. Done. Lights out. Didn't do it. You know, you don't like to see conservative really play calling there. I get the, you know, hey, let, let them let burn the clock, timeout, whatever. I think you come out shooting there. That's just me. But, again, it all ended up working out. The birds win the game. Uh, Brandon Graham bumped into a ref at some point that flopped like LeBron. That was that was odd, very very strange. You don't see that a lot. I don't know. I mean, Brandon Graham's a big dude, but I have no idea why that ref flopped flopped the way he did. It looked like a you know WWE ref when somebody just you know Irish whipped somebody into him. It was it was pathetic for an adult man to be acting that way and not be in like the realm of wrestling in 2020. Hail Mary at the end falls incomplete. Thankfully, Birds win 25-20. Yay, holy shit, we won a game. It's been a while. We're in first place at 1-2-1 with a hockey record. Now that tie doesn't look so bad. So I, I'm not going to take back anything I said about Doug Peterson, nor should anybody else. In my opinion, again, you always play to win a game. I don't, I'm not trying to you know quote the great Herm Edwards there, but that's the way it is. You've got to play to win the game. You don't play to tie. You're not, you, you shouldn't be okay with just being – a tie should never be acceptable. But that being said, that is now the reason why the Birds are in first place after last night because nobody else wants to win this division. The The Cowboys got 49 hung on their head by Cleveland. By Cleveland. You know, again, this isn't, you know, the, the Charlie Fry Cleveland Browns, but it's still, you know, still funny to see 49 next to Cleveland's name in a score, in a box score. Dallas, again, talented as they are on offense. Defense can't stop a nosebleed. The Giants are a disaster. They may be the worst team in the division. Washington, you know, is they don't even have a fucking name. So they did beat us, though, week one. So, you know, I, I'll give you that for now. But at the end of the day, this team sits in first place at 1-2-1 and one after the first month of football. Now, at the end of the day, again, this you could you could say whatever you want about Carson Wentz and there was a there was a little on the on the first play of the game or excuse me first drive of the game third down and I believe it was third and eight uh, he had Miles Sanders out of the backfield open 
nobody around him, and Wentz throws at his feet. Wentz was under pressure, but you got to make that throw. You got to make that throw. You're getting paid a lot of fucking money, dude. You got to make that throw. Wentz will. Said it before. Wentz has to me, there there's some farv in him, man. He will he will make he will do dumb shit like that that you you scratch your head at. God damn, come on, dude. All the McNabb defenders. I can't tell you how many times I saw him throw a screen pass at Brian Westbrook's feet. So again, if you're gonna, you know, keep that in mind. All right. But at the same time, Carson Wentz is going to win you games that he has no business winning, much like Brett Favre did. That's what he did last night with his feet. You could tell out there that Carson Wentz wanted to win this fucking game. You could tell how important it was to him. And at the end of the day, all you can ask from your quarterback is to have the ability to put the team on his back and to have a chance to win. And that's exactly what Carson Wentz did. I don't understand. Again, you can knock him. Everybody in this league has a knock. Everybody. Everybody, even Patrick Mahomes isn't Teflon. Lamar Jackson isn't either. Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson, everybody has flaws in their game. Carson's no different. But he has that ability to step up. Okay, if I can't make the plays with 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 these, you know, Acme stock boy receivers, guys making, you know, hoagies at Wawa, <coughs> I'm going to put the team on my back, on my feet, and I'm going to get this shit myself. And that's what he did. And he made the throw to Fulgham at the end to win the game. You know, I, I don't know what else. Any other quarterback has the, the injuries surrounding him on offensive line, the receivers. And we're giving them a pass. We're giving them a pass. But somehow we crucify Carson Wentz like he's goddamn Warden McCluskey and Natural Born Killers. I don't get it. I don't know. His performance last night was what you saw out of him last year in December when he had nobody out there at receiver and still got this team into the playoffs. Now, again, the joke is going to be 7-9 and is going to win the division. It very well may be. It might be fucking 6-10 and 10 at this point. All right, it's no longer the best division in football like everybody said it was for years. Yes, it's the only division in football where all four teams have a Super Bowl, but that doesn't mean shit. Right now, this division is a mess. All right, and we're part of it. But right now, we're the best mess among the mess, I guess you could say. I'll take first place. First place gets you first place gets you in the playoffs. It might get you bounced in the first round, but hey. At the end of the day, when's the last time? It's been a long time since this team has been in the playoffs three years in a row, which we are right now going on, hopefully, four. So let's let's not act like as Eagles fans, let's not act like, like this is a fucking birthright for us. Because it's not. I mean, there, there's been a lot, a lot of terrible years, man. I think Andy Reid, when you look back, Andy Reid kind of got this fan base spoiled with all the playoff bursts and all the NFC Championship games and things like that. It, it, making the playoffs three years in a row is is no easy task. It's not. And I'm not sure if we're on our way to making it a fourth fourth year in a row. But I can tell you right now, after watching Carson Wentz last night, you know, again, him blocking on the outside on a play he could have taken off, the way he took off running and, and, and moved the chains repeatedly on San Francisco. Jalen Hurts doesn't do that. I don't want to hear Trevor Lawrence. He's irrelevant now. He's been irrelevant. He's not in the conversation for this team. Again, 
if you're going to be replace Carson Wentz guy, who do, what what's your option? What's your option that is attainable and reasonable? You can't just go firing people with no fucking logic. That's internet guy. I mean, you can. It's just lazy. But if you watch last night's game and you don't, and you can't appreciate this guy's effort, you can't see that it means something to him, that he wants to win. There's pictures, there's pictures of him and his daughter going around, for Christ's sake, you know, of him holding his daughter in the air, his newborn daughter, and going, ah, oh, he doesn't give a shit about this team. Fucking Regis had a fucking kid. He's not allowed to, like, he's not allowed to hold his child because the birds are 0-2-1. Like, again, I, I, I bleed green like, like many others. But, man, put in perspective. You know, let's not send out a picture of, man, of a man and his child and shit on him. You know, that's, that's what some people have become in, in this day and age. And those people need to have their skulls caved in. Just my opinion. But at the end of the day, just if you, wa- if you, do- if you watch last night's game and you can't see the greatness that is in Carson Wentz, I can't help you. You're an idiot. And, again, what I would propose to you is if you think he is that bad, if you think he's that bad, if you think he is that far removed that it is impossible for him to get back to where he was in 2017, 2018, even 2019 last year, are you really willing to risk letting him go for a question mark? Because if he goes somewhere where shit's really rolling, do do you really want to face what that could look like? Again, there's this this Super Bowl does not entitle anybody to shit. It could be a lot worse than Carson Wentz. It has been a lot worse than Carson Wentz. Some of you guys shitting on Carson are the guys that were sitting here sporting number seven Michael Vick jerseys. If you think Michael Vick is a better quarterback than Carson Wentz, you need to go have your fucking head examined. Legitimately. So I'm just saying, I don't mean to go on a T.O. I do mean to go on a T.O. That's my quarterback rant because as I'm watching this game last night and I see everything come together, it was impressive to see. It was impressive to see because it justified and it it dignified everybody that has sat here all along and gone, look, man, we're good. It's just got to, you know, the piece has got to fall in the right place. Carson made every single play he needed to to put this team in a position to win. And like it or not, you can sit here and you can tweet out and you can Facebook, oh, we're in first place, we're in first place. That does not happen. You can throw in the NFC's jokes all you want and they're valid. But first place does not happen if 11 is not under center. Point fucking blank. What say you? Give me your input at Grease Poll Podcast on Instagram. Questions, comments, opinions, it's all welcome as always. Do you think this continues? Do you think that, you know, Wentz is going to get his way? I don't think he's going to get way back to – you're not going to see MVP-level Carson Wentz when his receivers, his starting receivers are Greg Ward and John Hightower and Jordan Melata and Jack Driscoll are the starting tackles. That's not fucking happening. It wouldn't happen for Patrick Mahomes either. It wouldn't happen for Lamar Jackson. It wouldn't happen for any of those fucking guys, okay? So don't let's not, you know – again, this isn't exclusive to Carson. Okay, circumstances are what they are. We've seen what he can do when the chips are down before. See December of 2019. It is in him. It is in him. If you're going to hop off the bandwagon, that's fine. Okay, and I'm not going to be sheriff fandom, but you know, when he does his when he when he does the damn thing again, 
don't come crawling back on the bandwagon. Don't. Because we're all going to kick you in the face just like Kevin Hart did to Aziz Ansari, and this is the end. And you can fall down the fucking pit, fuck you Aziz, or whatever it was he said. We don't want you back if you're already fantasizing about a quarterback that we're not even going to get six months down the road. It's a pointless fucking exercise. Wake up. Give me your feedback at Grease Pole Podcast on Instagram. Always welcome your feedback. And, uh, yeah, that's that's first place, man. It's been a good victory Monday. It's always good to, you know, again, man, the, the conversations with the randos at work are always fun, especially they're even better after a win when you don't have to walk around like a human Zoloft egg. It's always better that way. So, you know, it everybody should have their high, heads held high if you're an Eagles fan today. We fucking won. We fucking won. It's been a while. Enjoy it. Enjoy it. And let's look ahead to next week and try to get to uh try try to get to 500 two two and one hopefully hopefully that's what's ahead whatever it is we will discuss it next week appreciate you taking part i will see you next week hopefully we're still in first place let's hope as always go birds yo how'd barkley put it <laughs> looking like another grease pole night in philly philly philly, philly. philly.